The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? You start, press any key. Where's the any key? Welcome, you've got mail. Well, I mustn't have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question and I listen more attentively? There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite so easy. Cigarettes. That's why I'm freaking out. <laughs> Hope I didn't leave them in the car. The scent rich. Yeah, that would be a tragedy. I know. <laughs> but we have no we have no viewers, so it doesn't really matter, right? I get a lot of requests to play the whole song anyway. Rich, can I impose upon you? They should be like on my door somewhere near the... Just click, push the little button. Oh, we got one viewer. <laughs> I can't hear you because I got my headphones on. Who's our one viewer? We'll just do a show for one person today. The great Melbourne Taylor opening the show. We still have no video yet, though, but we're working on it, right? What? The video open? Yeah, we're working, we're working on it. On. Hey, you scared me. I thought you meant there's no video going out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got four viewers. I guess we could start. What the hell? I don't know how I start without cigarettes, but we'll make it work. I'm trying to quit, though. I am trying to quit. You're not going to make a New Year's resolution. No, I hate New Year's resolutions. I hate New Year's. I hate everything about New Year's. Oh, God. I could do a whole show. You know what? Remember when I came in and I said I had nothing? I could do a whole show on how much I hate New Year's. (laughs) New Year's is the dumbest. It literally is the most mindless holiday ever. It's so arbitrary, right? Yeah. Okay, all of a sudden it's time to start new things. Yeah, right. Yeah, and not only that, but like... It takes a it takes a, a lot of skill to get excited about counting backwards from ten to one. Like I'm just saying, <laughs> ten, nine. Okay, please. Like I just want to. Whatever. Look, see, I know you're a creature of the night. But I am. I don't even stay up I for am. the clock to change. It's going to happen whether I'm awake right. or not. And the worst thing is there's nothing on television. So if I New Year's is one of those was one of those nights where I usually don't want to go out. Right. If there's a lot of stuff going on in Lawrence, like. Last last New Year's there was a murder in Lawrence, so I was out and I was driving around. But normally I'm in my office, desperately looking for something to watch on TV, and and trying to avoid people counting backwards. Yeah, it's not a good driving night either. Yeah, and then you got you got um, all the news channels and most of the local channels. Thank you, Rich. Uh, all the news channels, most of the local channels, they're all doing like these countbacks of like mm-hmm. uh, you know all the stories that happened of the year and, and who died this year. And how great they right, are! How, and everyone loved them. They brought a <laughs> smile to everyone's face. They they lit up every room they walked into. Oh my God! I can't. I, I just can't stand New Year's. Hey guys, how you doing? Tom Duggan here. We'll start the show shortly <laughs> here on the Paying Attention podcast. We got six people watching on on Facebook anyway, so uh, we can.
can pretty much do what we want. I saw that there were police officers here when I pulled up, and I was wondering like if they were waiting for me or if something else was wow. going on. What happened? See, I was upstairs, so I don't. Oh, you didn't know even see what it. No. Oh yeah, there were cops were downstairs when I pulled in, and I did, I I was not going to pull in until they were done. It probably had something to do with Mr. Jonathan. Oh, all right, Mr. Jonathan, giving people a hard time again. You see how he is? His criminal activities. Uh, you know. See how it is. <laughs> so, hi, how you guys doing? This is Paying Attention Podcast here. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Um, we are um, every Thursday at 2 o'clock or some, somewhere thereof, depending on how we can get the technology to work. I'm still not sure, though, uh, Ed, if I liked it with the lights or without the lights. I I liked it better without the lights at first. Now I'm not too sure. Kind of seems like I'm a little too dark. Maybe if we had like one light, I don't know. We're gonna have to kind of keep right. playing with it as we'll we play go. With it. You know, have it's a not a big deal. It's just I'm trying to fill time. Yeah, have a look at it um, after it's all rendered and recorded, and mm-hmm. see see what you think. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. We have no questions. If you guys have any questions for me today, this is the day to do it. Um, what I should have done is I should have brought my hate mail in. I could do a whole show just on that when I have no topics. Not a lot of things going on, but we can update you on a few things. Let me pull up my list. Uh, let's see. So those of you who have been following us on our home, first of all, before we start, uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, the new edition of the Valley Patriot is out on the streets. Our 182nd edition. Can you believe we? I've done this 182 times. Wow! I've created this monthly newspaper 182 times from like that's beginning a lot to of end. months. It really is, and uh, and of course we our headline is Lawrence Mayor stops homeless dinners. Now, those of you who follow me on Facebook know that. Right, that's not that's not big news for you guys because you've been following me. Um, you follow what we did with the homeless dinners at the Buckley Garage. I'm pretty sure Dan Rivera is not going to be changing his mind on this. Although I think the uh, I think Mike Gorman and the Movement family are kind of hoping that, that that he will. Um, I've I've gone out of my way not to try to to try not to insult the mayor, to try not to demonize him. Although I think some have. Yeah. Um, I I think he just doesn't get it. And, you know, I had a conversation, I won't say which counselor it was, but I had a conversation with one of my favorite counselors about this issue before this week's meeting. The Movement Family, TMF, went before the uh, Lawrence City Council this week and asked for help. And so I'm talking to a city counselor after that meeting, and he said, but I'm not sure what kind of help they're looking for. Like, what is it we're supposed to do? We're a legislative body. We don't, you know, we make, we make rules. Right. And, you know, we pass budgets, and there's not really much that we can do, I don't think, unless you can think of something, Tom. And I said, yeah, actually, there is something you can do, Counselor. Why don't you show them that you care? Why don't you listen to what they have to say and try and come up with an idea that maybe has nothing to do with budgets and making ordinances and as, a, as an individual private person sitting there at the meeting, why don't you try and come up with some kind of a solution or a possible solution, or even a temporary solution, and at least show them that you care and that you understand that what TMF has been doing has been good for the community, that they're not the problem. And I think the way the mayor did this, had he done it differently, he wouldn't have had the reaction that he did. The way the mayor did it was he made it like they were the problem, like they were the ones that were leaving the garage looking like crap every week, and that just simply wasn't the case. So I had a long conversation with this counselor, um, TMF. Uh, then went before a uh, subcommittee. Were you at that subcommittee meeting there, Rich? Uh, the TMF spoke. I think it was a public safety subcommittee. No, I, this was a week ago. This was this week. No. Monday night. Nope, because I was on deadline. I couldn't go. So TMF, Mike Gorman, and the Movement family went before the uh, Lawrence City Council Public Safety Subcommittee and um, just trying to find a way to work with the city to make this happen. It's really kind of sad now that we've gone two Wednesdays without TMF being able to offer detox services, food, clothing, transitional housing uh, at the Buckley Garage for the homeless. And, you know, I'm almost tempted to just call Mike Gorman and say, listen, let's just find a vacant lot that's privately owned, Mm -hmm. that's not owned by the city. And let's just go do it there. Or we'll just go randomly just go do it there. Spread the word among the homeless. That's where we're going to be. Except I'm just petrified that the mayor is going to send the police over. And even though we will have every right to be there, like the yeah. cops have no right to throw us off private property, then we're going to be in a beef with the police. And I don't want that either. You know what I'm saying? Because the cops have to do what they're being told. I mean, what's your view? Was just that incident the excuse that he needed in order to say we're not doing this Yeah, I think, I think it was the excuse that he needed. Well, there was a, there was, he had somebody in his ear. 
and I don't want to say which home, which pretend homeless advocate it was, mm. but there's a couple of pretend homeless advocates that go out, they go live on Facebook to say, see, look how awesome we are. We're helping the homeless. You know, it's one of those deals. It's one of these guys that goes out and tries to be me. He shows up at like fire scenes and, yeah. you know, he shows up at things and he spends most of his time trying to say that what I posted was wrong. And then it always ends up having egg on his face because what I posted is 99.9% of the time right. Um, and so he's been in Dan's ear trying to have this place shut down. He initially went to the police and said, hey, you guys got to shut this TMF down because, um, you know, these are teenage kids serving food to the homeless. And a lot of these homeless people, they're sex offenders. You know, bad things can happen. And, of course, the, the chief and the mayor didn't shut them down at that point. But then all of a sudden, this thing came up with the garbage and the needles and everything at the garage. And I think that really was just kind of Dan's excuse to get rid of it all. And he's been known to make anti-homeless statements yeah. besides this whole issue, right? Listen, and I understand Dan. I know we've gone through this, but I understand Dan Rivera, the mayor of Lawrence, because that's what he's in his head when it comes to the homeless. He's where I was three years ago, two years ago, Right. They're homeless because they're addicted. They're addicted because they're from other communities. They came to Lawrence. They bought drugs. They got addicted. And now they're here and now they're our problem. But they're not really our problem because they're from Lynn and Swampscott and Salem, New Hampshire and Derry, New Hampshire and, and all these other places. And they're not even from Lawrence. Why, why is it our problem? In fact, the counselor I spoke to on the phone this week said, you know, Tom, my frustration is that most of these people aren't even from Lawrence. We have soup kitchens. We've got core unum. We've got the daybreak. Like, what more are we supposed to do? And, you know, newsflash to that counselor. I mean, I know he, he said it because he believes it. Yeah. But I think what most of the people don't understand, and we covered it in a story maybe three months ago, is that the homeless come to Lawrence because the perception is this is where the programs are, right? But they're not. And you've got one homeless shelter the daybreak, which is full at capacity at 55 people every single night, whether it's 100 degrees out or it's two degrees out, and they can't handle any more people. You've got Lazarus House, which please don't ever give Lazarus House money, but just do me a favor. Just don't ever give them any money. Uh, Lazarus House takes in homeless families. Usually, they've got one or two families that they can take in, mm. but they won't take in individuals, right? Um, as far as serving food, we've got three. We've got Corunum that's open for breakfast and dinner. We've got the Good Shepherd Center that's open once in a while. It's not like on a regular basis. I'm sorry, that they, uh, they give clothing out. It's uh, Bread and Roses that's open uh, every night for dinner, right? So you got Court Unum, you got uh, Bread and Roses, and I'm trying to think of what the other one is. Um, it'll come to me. But we've got three, and that's it. Now, if you've got 250 to 300 homeless people, which is my number, that's what I've estimated from driving around the city all the time. Um, having, having two homeless shelters, only one of which takes in individuals and is at full capacity every night, and having two or three soup kitchens in the city doesn't cut it when you've got 300 homeless people sleeping somewhere in a tent by the river. Down by the river! Right? I mean, do you, do you think there's a fear that if you offer more services, then more, more homeless Listen, and, 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 and that's a valid concern. The, my frustration with Dan Rivera is that he's 50% right. Right. Right? Like, I, I can't demonize the guy because he's not completely wrong. He's right that most of the homeless are from outside the city. He's right that we do have some services that are offered to the homeless. Where he's wrong is that, and I tried to explain this to the counselor that I spoke with on the phone this week. I would tell you who it is, but I didn't ask him for permission is that what do you do today? Right now, while it's eight degrees outside, so let's say it's 10.30 at night, and you drive by a guy holding a sign who's hungry and cold now, right? I mean, government bodies get together and they talk about how do we solve homelessness, and they talk about all these abstract things and government programs, and we all know that it really comes down to lack of families, and, and they talk about all these abstract things where there's never gonna be a solution to anything. And then they all go home and say, oh, we did a great job for the homeless today, but they didn't do shit. Right. They didn't do a goddamn thing, right? And then I saw Mike Gorman and the movement family saying, no, we're not going to have meetings. We're not going to ask for help from the government. We're not going to ask for help from, from nonprofit organizations. How about we just get food and get blankets and go outside and help people? Huh. And yeah, right. 
There's huh. an interesting Gee. approach. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought, right? So we wrote a great editorial in this month's Valley Patriot. Please pick it up. Um, it's being delivered as we speak by most of my drivers. Methuen's, uh, East Methuen is done. Uh, Central and West Methuen, not so much because that's my job and I'm here. Uh, so I'll do that on my way home. But we wrote a great editorial basically saying just that. Saying that, you know, what Mike Gorman and the Movement family have proved on this homeless issue, regardless of the fact that they're being shut down by the mayor, what they proved is that you don't have to have meetings and summits by government bodies to solve a problem, right? You don't need to have Nikki Songus have a big homeless summit and invite the sheriffs and the police chiefs of all the different departments to sit around and everybody's looking for a photo op, everybody's looking for a quote in the paper the next day, but never actually do anything. How about the city council for Christmas in Lawrence? decided instead of having a Lawrence City Council Christmas party, because right, I'm sure they have one because everybody has a Christmas party, right? How about they take the money they were going to spend on that Christmas party, go out and buy some blankets, and spend about an hour going through the city and giving blankets to homeless people that are cold? How about that? Like, how about just go out and do something? You know, I, I, I have a lot of contempt for people who have meetings and do nothing. And we talk about that, whether it's the homeless issue, whether it, whatever other issue we're talking about. And I have tremendous respect for people who don't have meetings, don't sit around bloviating looking for a headline or a photo op, and actually just get in their car and go do something. And I see them out there all the time. We see Carrie Wyland from House of Mercy out there pulling off to the side of the road, giving people clothing. I've seen... Karina Papalato and her crew out there pulling over and giving people coffee on a hot on a, on a cold day. We've seen we've seen people out there doing this. The Lane Zambruno, who um, I didn't know her from from Adam, but I'm out there trying to help a homeless guy, and she's out there actually trying to help the same homeless guy. We end up meeting each other. I'm like, well, where are you from? What what nonprofit are you from? What what group are you from? She's not from any group. She just saw that there was a need. And then went and found people who had resources like blankets and then went out and gave them to people who needed them. And so I think that's my point when it comes to uh, TMF, the Movement Family, uh, and the City of Lawrence and what's going on here. So here's what the City Council came up with for kind of a middle ground type solution. And what's been suggested to them, and I'm not sure it's the, the way to go, but we're going to go down this road anyway just, just because we want to see if it works. One of the city councilors, I'm not sure which one, it might have been Mark LaPlante, suggested that they get a permit so that, you know, like they get a permit. Now they've got permission. No one can shut them down mm-hmm. unless there's like, you know, they're violating the, the, the terms of the, uh, of the permit. So uh, I know I spoke with Mike Gorman uh, via text message this morning and last night. And what they're looking to do is get this permit filled out and get it to the city Hopefully, it gets approved. I don't know if they have to go before a board to get it approved. They might. They might have to go through, like, I don't know, zoning board, planning board, one of those. But Mike Goldman's willing to do it. And I think it's actually a good thing for the kids because the people who volunteer at TMF, they're all at-risk Latino kids between the ages of, like, 14, maybe 18. And most of those kids don't know anything about government because, right. of course, the Lawrence Public Schools doesn't teach them shit, right? So this is a good ex- this is a good experience for them, I think. They learn how what the difference is between the mayor and the city council. What are their jobs? Um, a lot of people who don't know about government think that the city count that the mayor answers to the city council because in some communities they do, right. and in Lawrence they don't. So I thought maybe this would be a good uh, experiment for them. They can learn about government. They can learn about um, government officials and how it works. And they're also going to learn a very valuable lesson that most people should learn, and that's that government sucks. <laughs> that government is not going to do anything for you unless you're willing to go out and do stuff for yourself. Um, because if it doesn't involve a headline and it doesn't involve a quote in a newspaper, most politicians aren't going to do anything. They're not going to do anything for you. They're going to they're going to talk about how they care about the homeless. They're going to say, gee, it's too bad people are out in the cold. If only we had a solution. They're not going to do anything. Right? I've never seen Dan Rivera out there handing a blanket to anybody. All right? Now, that's not his job, but as the mayor of Lawrence, I, I can't imagine he's not driving by the same homeless people on his way home from work every day that I'm driving by when I'm chasing police calls. Right? And I've never seen any member of the city council out there doing it either. 
And what I've tried to do now is I'm, I ran into Brian DePena the other day. I ran into Anna Levy and Maria De La Cruz. Uh, I love all three of them. Only because it pisses people off that I love all three of them. So I went to uh, I went to all three of them, and we were standing there having a conversation. And I said, "You know, we never once saw you guys down at the family dinners at the at the Buckley Garage. Uh, why don't you guys help out?" And they're like, "Well, it's closed down now, right?" But the, all the more reason why you should be helping out now. Right. Like, can you guys like? Do me a personal favor. Like, I'll consider it a personal favor if you do this, if I can see you out there doing this. Go home and get a couple extra blankets you have that you maybe haven't used. Put them in your car. And the next time you drive by a cold homeless person who's holding a sign because they desperately need money for food, which, by the way, don't ever give them money because it doesn't go to food. It goes to drugs. Go through a drive-thru. Get them a number one Big Mac meal at McDonald's. Bring them a hamburger and hand them a blanket. If you guys would do that, that would make me happy. Right? And so let's see if they do it. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to challenge the elected officials, and I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's the city councilor or the registrar of probate. If you're an elected official and you're driving through the city of Lawrence and you drive past a homeless person and you don't stop to do something about it, then you're part of the problem. I don't want to hear about meetings. I don't want to hear about, oh, the homeless problem is about the opioid crisis, and the opioid crisis can't be solved because of Big Pharma, and Big Pharma is doing this, and the president's doing that, and the Congress is doing this. Those are all excuses. There's no reason why you can't get in your damn car, go through a drive-thru, get a hamburger, and hand it to somebody who's hungry. There's no reason why you can't do that. So we're hoping that uh, that we're going to be able to get that we, I say we, I'm not really a member of TMF, although I'm kind of like an honorary member at this point. Um, I'm hoping the TMF is going to be able to get a permit, and then maybe they can go back to the garage. Um, I, I think really Dan Rivera, the mayor of Lawrence, should, and I'm sorry, I'm not looking at your comments. Um, I think Dan Rivera should... Um, Think about what's going on. Think about the decision that he made and reverse his decision. I, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt only because I think what he believed, I think what he believed is, um, are we even up? I'm not even sure we're on. I think, what, I think what Dan Rivera believed at the time was that we were there feeding the homeless who live at the Buckley Garage. Okay. Yeah, we are. Up. Um, that... that there were people sleeping in the garage, and then we were making it like a home for them by showing up and, and feeding them food. And I don't think he realized that we weren't there to feed the homeless people who sleep there. We were there to feed all the homeless people in the city. Word spread very fast that we were doing dinners there. And at one night in August, we had like 104 people. 104 homeless people showed up. That was our, that was our top. Our bottom was somewhere around 20, 25 people who came. And there's only 12 people that were sleeping at the, at the Buckley garage. Mm. But because Dan never came down, and he never saw what was going on himself or never sent anybody down to see what was going on for himself. I think he believed that we were there to feed the homeless people that were there. And now that he's thrown the homeless people out from sleeping there, there's no need for TMF, right? Why are you guys there? I threw the homeless people out. And so I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because that's the only thing that makes any sense as to why a liberal Democrat who campaigned on the backs of the poor at election time Claiming that he cared about the downtrodden and he cared about the poor people of Lawrence would throw homeless people. Well, it depends with, on how downtrodden. Well, yeah, right, yeah, and of <laughs> course, and and I don't want to, I don't want to make this a racial thing, but it really, it, it, I would not be doing my job if I did not point out the fact that eighty to ninety percent of the homeless people in Lawrence are white, and I think that might actually play into a, some of this mm. as well, right? I think it's one of the reasons why. Uh, the homeless situation. And by the way, not just here either. I think if you go to Lowell, you're going to find the same thing. Um, I think this whole Dodd-Frank thing has uh, screwed a lot of people, a lot of middle um, middle income people, a lot of middle class people. And the opioid crisis has certainly been a, a purposeful, intentional assault on the white middle class by the Chinese, by the Mexican drug lords. Um, they're trying to destroy our country. They're trying to take us down from within. I was watching... I never watch. I never watch like movies or anything, and especially watch like Superman movies and stuff. But uh, Superman versus Batman was on in the background while I was putting the paper together this week, right? And you know, like I'm a philosophical guy, so I'm not really into that stuff. But it was on, and I'm working, and the phones are ringing. And at one point, there was a lull in the office, and I heard the bad guy say to either Batman or Superman, "Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this." <laughs> he said. 
a nation that crumbles from from outside, a world that crumbles, uh, that is destroyed from the outside can rebuild. But a nation that crumbles from within is dead and will never resurface. And I think that the enemies of this country are trying to destroy us from within. And it's great that President Trump, which will be our next uh, our next topic, it's great that President Trump has put it to the Chinese government that fentanyl needs to be treated very seriously by Chinese, except it's, they're doing it on purpose. Like, you're talking to the guy who's purposely sending the fentanyl here to destroy us from within and asking him, hey, do you think you could help us with this problem? And of course he's going to say yes. Sure, Mr. President, we'll help you with your fentanyl problem. Let's see if that happens. Let's see if that happens. All right. Let's see. What else do we have for it? Oh, we have the Donald Trump stuff. So um, uh, I got a couple of local stuff, but we'll get to that in the next segment. So uh, if you've been watching CNN for the last 48 hours, Donald Trump is going to jail. He is going. That is it. This is the smoking gun. Of course, every day it's the smoking gun. Every single day you put on, today is the day. Today is the day. This is the smoking gun. He there's no way he can survive this. Remember during the campaign, he said something about grabbing women's crotches. Yes, that's it. He's all done. <laughs> He's never going to survive this. They're all gleeful. They're all celebrating in the CNN studio, which is weird because I thought they were supposed to be objective reporters who didn't give their opinion. <laughs> but okay, um, Donald Trump is going to jail because his former lawyer. Get this one. So Donald Trump's former lawyer paid off porn stars that Donald Trump was sleeping with. Now, I'm not going to say supposedly sleeping with because I'm actually rooting for him. I hope he slept with them, right? <laughs> not so much Stormy Daniels, but the other one was just so unbelievably beautiful. I would have sold everything I owned to have sex with her. So God bless. That makes me, that makes me, that makes me respect Donald Trump even more. So I'm just going to assume that he slept with them for the sake of the story and say that Michael Cohen paid off porn stars to keep shut, to, to keep their mouth shut about what Donald Trump did when they were when he was having an affair, supposedly. Now, the last I checked, I have my little my little Bill Clinton hypocrisy book that I keep in my office. <laughs> the last I checked, having an affair on your wife is not an impeachable offense, and paying off porn stars or paying off anybody to keep their mouths shut about an accusation that may or may not be true, I'm hoping it's true, but it may or may not be true, is also not an impeachable offense. Also, unlike what you're being told on MSNBC, CNN, and NBC, CBS, and ABC, all day, 24-7, it's not a felony. I don't care what they say. They say, oh, it's a violation of campaign finance laws. He didn't use campaign finance money to pay them off. He didn't. It had nothing to do with the campaign. It didn't. So they went from Russian collusion, which is the whole purpose of this investigation, to Donald Trump is going to be put in jail because his lawyer paid off porn stars to keep shut during a campaign, which every single politician that I know that's in Washington right now has done. Man, woman, I don't care what your gender is, your... Your elected officials, and listen, I was an elected official. I ran for office. I had people trying to blackmail me all the time. Tom, if you don't do this, I'm going to expose this about your past. You know what I used to tell them? Go, go, ahead. go F yourself. You want to put something out there? Put it out there. I'm not running to be Pope. right? Donald Trump is not running. He's not the Pope. He's not running to be babysitter for your children. He's running for a job. He ran for a job to run the country, to run the government. Who he sleeps with? Bill Clinton proved means absolutely nothing. In fact, Bill Clinton was accused of rape. And he wasn't. And by the way, that's a felony. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but rape is a felony. Yeah. I don't remember anybody saying during Bill Clinton's eight years, well, when he gets out of office, they're going to be prosecuting him for a felony. He's a felon. Look what he did. Up to this minute, there isn't one shred of evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians to hack an election. And by the way, you can't even hack an election. Saying that the election was hacked. Every time CNN says the election was hacked, even Fox News says it from time to time, hacking the election. No one hacked an election. What happened was somebody, and there's still no proof at all that the Russians did it, somebody hacked into Hillary Clinton's campaign manager's email system. 
that's what happened. They didn't hack it and change votes, which is what hacking an election denotes, right? Yeah. Hacking an election denotes, if you're listening on the audio, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, hacking an election denotes that somebody hacked into a voting machine and changed votes. That's what hacking an election sounds like when you say it to most people. Yeah. If I went out and I asked 100 random people, what does hacking an election mean? I guarantee you most of them would give me that answer. Yeah, I guess the most you could say is influencing an election, if indeed there was any influence. Right. So here's what Russia did. Russia spent $4,700 on Facebook ads. That's what they did. That's the only proof that we have that Russia did anything that had to do with this election. However, we know for a fact that thousands, if not more than thousands, of illegal aliens voted in the last election. And the Democrats and CNN seem to have no problem with... That election meddling. They have no problem with election meddling by illegal aliens. So here's my question as we go, get ready to go to the first break. I can't believe we made it to a first break, <laughs> considering I had nothing when I sat down. Right? Here's the question. What if the Russians that hacked with the ele- the Russians that hacked the election, the Russians that bought Facebook ads to meddle in our elections, that meddled with democracy, what if they were illegal aliens? What if there were illegal alien Russians that came here from another country, snuck in without our permission, and were meddling in our election? Wouldn't that make it kind of okay? Right? That's, now it's not a felony anymore because that, that's fine. Because they have no problem with Mexicans sneaking across the border and voting. Right? They have no problem with the people sneaking in from the Dominican Republic and voting. But maybe because Russia's a white country, maybe that's the real problem here. Maybe if Mexico had hacked the election, we wouldn't be hearing about it. Maybe if if, uh, officials in the Dominican Republic hacked our election, we wouldn't be hearing about it on CNN. But Russia, that's a bunch of white people. We can't have that. What do you mean? Wait, Russia hacked our election? Holy crap. Wait a minute. Stop the presses. We can't have that. One more thing before we go to before we go to break, because there's a lot of projection going on on CNN these days. They're always talking about how Donald Trump is a racist because he doesn't like the quote browning of America. He doesn't want all of these brown people sneaking into the country because it's browning America. It's changing the demographic of America. What they're really saying is they're admitting that under the last eight years of Obama. They've been purposely trying to brown America. They're purposely trying to assault the white middle class and their influence over elections because they're not voting Democrat anymore. That's what they're really saying. And I think if you watch CNN and realize that you're not watching news and keep that in mind, you're going to see all of that same stuff that I see when I'm watching. I watch it every day. And I love when I'm talking to a liberal and they go, would you hear that, Fox? I'm like, yeah, I don't watch Fox. What do you mean you don't watch Fox? I watch CNN. Then how can you say that? Because I don't watch CNN and believe everything I'm watching. (laughs) I'm not a retard like you are, apparently, who watches Don Lemon come on and say, Donald Trump is a racist Nazi. And believe that it's true. I actually ask questions. I actually have brain cells that talk to each other and, you know, compare notes. (laughs) All right, back after this. I'm paying attention. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there, he does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to AM Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three- South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Lights Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person in your short... I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. 
if while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home. Because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Uh, Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Velo's Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. Alrighty then. Welcome back to the Paying Attention Podcast. I'm Tom Duggan. I'm your host. No guest today. We were supposed to have Greg Gallant from the Methuen Police Superior Officers Union, and they just decided, I think, last minute that maybe it's not a good idea to be <laughs> to be affiliated with me while they're negotiating with the mayor who's trying to shut me down. You know what I'm saying? The mayor Methuen is still trying to shut down the, uh, the Valley Patriot newspaper. He's trying like hell, boy, let me tell you. And yet we're still here for now. Who knows? He might be successful. Uh, we could use some, uh, some money in our GoFundMe account to pay our lawyers. That would be really helpful. If you go to GoFundMe and you type in Valley Patriot in the search, uh, that'll pop right up. Um, we are high atop Two Guys Smoke Shop here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And don't forget, there are other podcasts here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe that are really worth watching. Um, my favorite one is Political TNT with Tom and Nancy Troy. Were they here today? Did I see them? They had a show go out today, yes. And Did they beat each other up? Is it little, worth watching? A little bit. Oh, yeah. it's always worth yeah, watching. Always I, worth I watching. don't think it got physical today, but no. uh, th- there was some yelling. All right. Any update on our M bitches uh, negotiations? No, I'm still no, negotiating. Right. She, she put all her shows in the can, so we're not going to see her. not going to see her for a while. Year. Oh, okay. All right. Just trying. Only because she's hot. <laughs> See, I'm still like a seven. I never matured past 17 when it comes to women. Right. I still feel like, you know what I mean? Like, she's hot, and I, so I just want to be around her. Like, I don't even care if she's got a husband. I just don't talk about it. Just don't bring the husband up, and please don't bring him in. You know what I mean? Like, I want to at least pretend. Yeah, I mean. Pretend he, that I have a shot. He's got a black belt in karate, yeah, and he, he's trying to get down to 245 yeah. pounds. So yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like Googling a cop's wife. You just don't do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just don't do it. So, all right. So, we're back. I've got a, a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, I do want to get back to uh, just a couple comments about the um, <sighs> Donald Trump paying, paying off porn stars. Uh, Rich was pointing out during the break that um, doesn't Congress have a slush fund where they use taxpayers' dollars to pay off women that make sexual claims against congressmen? And so if... So I'm starting to think, right, during the break, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, if it's a felony, if it's a campaign finance violation, which is like the biggest stretch in the world, that Donald Trump committed a felony by paying off porn stars that he was banging behind his wife's back during a campaign, then every single member of Congress should be in jail. Well, you know what, maybe maybe we should steer into the skid and stop saying, no, this isn't a felony, go, yeah, yeah, this is a felony, they should all go to jail. Put Trump in jail for what he did and put the rest of Congress in jail. Just clean the – that's draining the swamp right there, I think, anyways. Um, so we've got uh, a government, possible government shutdown since we're on Trump. I get – and then yeah. we'll go to the local thing. Um, what does that mean? First of all, you have to remember that everything you see on the news is a lie. You have to understand that. And I'm going to try and pound that into you every single show that we do because everything you see on the news is a lie. This one – is another lie. Even though Donald Trump says, yes, I'm going to shut down the government, 
He's not shutting down the government. They're going to shut down like one third of the government. They're going to shut down the government except for essential services. So the military is still going to be fine. And it's not just essential services. Some things are funded beyond the first of, the, you know, beyond this budget cycle, mm-hmm. right? So it, it is a very narrow band right. of yeah. things that will be shut So you know down. who's not going to get funded? All the nonprofits that pretend that they're nonprofits while they're making t- millions of dollars on government grants that then kick back money to the politicians that wrote them the grant. That's who's, that's who's going to get hurt. That's who's going to get hurt the most. And for the most part, most people who rely on government are still going to get their government services. Social Security is still going to go out. But why does Donald Trump want to, quote, shut down the government? He wants to shut it down for border security. And he said this week, I wish we had the clip, but I'm sure you've seen it on the news. I would be proud to shut down this government for border security. If you don't have a border, you don't have walls. And that's a fact. And... No matter how much the Democrats try to pretend that building a wall is racism, because everything's racism, the the evil racism monster is going to get you, run, run, it's racism. The fact is, building a wall is going to stop terrorists from coming across the border. It's going to stop drug drug lords from pushing their product across the border. It's going to stop illegal gun runners from pushing their product across the border, and it's going to stop human trafficking, and human slavery from coming across the border. Please don't email me and say, well, they'll just, they'll just use bigger ladders. They'll tunnel underneath. Some people will. But you don't lock your door at home thinking that no one's ever going to be able to get in because they can just break your door down, right? Sure. The idea of a wall, the idea of, look, you have a car, right? You lock your car door, but someone can break the window and break in. Right. So you don't, you don't park your car on Park and Hampshire Street in Lawrence and then don't lock the door because, well, what the hell? I mean, if I lock my door, someone's going to break the window anyway. No, you lock right. the, the idea is to make it as difficult as you can because most crimes, and if you take any kind of criminal law class, if you're in college, take, a, take criminal justice 101, even if it's not part of your, um, part of your major. Take it anyway because it, 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 it will give you a much better understanding of what's going on in the world today. The idea of locking your car door the idea of locking your house door is not to stop people from getting in. It's to make it difficult because 90% of the crimes or more are crimes of opportunity. Yep. If, a, if, a, if a criminal walks by your car and it's locked and he sees a radio on the front, on the front uh, seat, he may not break the window and attract attention to himself to steal the radio. But if it's unlocked... If you've made it easy for him, if there's no wall on the border, of course they're going to stream across the border. Of course they're going to send drugs and guns and slaves across the border. So anyways, that's the, uh, the government shutdown thing. I don't, I, don't understand what the, I don't even understand what the argument is against a border wall. I mean, it works everywhere else. It works outside Nancy Pelosi's house, right? Yeah. It, it works outside uh, Hillary Clinton's house. It works outside Barack Obama's house. Uh, it works outside uh, the borders of Israel, works on the southern border. It works on the southern border of Mexico, although it didn't work too good for this caravan because they just broke through it. Yeah. But prior to that, they weren't having the problems that they're having now. Before they broke the wall, they didn't have the problems that they're having now. So, yeah, I, I guess the one thing is he probably shouldn't have said Mexico was going to pay for it. Listen, can we, let's just talk about that for a second. Mexico's going to pay for the wall, Okay. And I love when I'm watching CNN and they keep saying, he said Mexico was going to pay for it. Why? So, like, with all this glee, like they, like, they caught him. They caught him in something, oh, so horrible. Donald Trump says, said he was going to pay for the wall. So why is he asking for an appropriation? Because they are going to pay for the wall. At some point, they are going to pay for the wall. And if, let's say the government gives him the five, what is he looking for, $5 billion for the wall, whatever the number is. Let's say they get it and they start building it. Very easy for Donald Trump to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm implementing $5 billion with the tariffs oh, for every product you send over the Mexican border into the United States, right? Be very easy for him to say, hey, Mexico, you know all those billions of dollars that we send you to keep poor people there, right? All the, all the federal aid that we send to your country to keep you there? Well, we're going to deduct the first $5 billion because we just spent all that money for a wall. So all these people who are gleefully chiding like small school children that, oh, Donald Trump said that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Tee-hee-hee. Look, he's looking for an appropriation from Congress. Tee-hee-hee. 
you know, they're all a bunch of idiots, every one of them, because it's just pushing a political narrative. And I guarantee you, for, well, here's the other thing. At least we're talking about who's going to pay for a wall. Because if not for Donald Trump, we wouldn't even be talking about a wall at all. They'd be, if Hillary Clinton had won, you would have hundreds of thousands of so-called migrants coming across the border, immediately signing up to vote, even though they're illegal aliens, immediately signing up for health care, Medicare, Social Security, and everything else that they can get that the Democrats want to give them in exchange for voting Democrat. And we would have far more problems than we have now. Crime is going down across the country. Why? Why is crime going down across the country? Because we're deporting criminals that aren't even supposed to be here. Anyways, speaking of criminals, we got 15 minutes left, if you can believe that. Speaking of criminals, uh, let's pull up that graphic. You can pull it up. I'm going to pull it up. In the city of Lawrence, uh, we did a story in this edition of the Valley Patriot. Uh, If I could find it. I don't know where it went. There it is. Uh, Believe it or not. Now, I have people say to me whenever I say crime is going down in Lawrence, the first thing they say is, I don't believe it. Don't believe it. They're fudging the numbers. Trust me, I was one of those guys uh, five or ten years ago that was saying the same thing every time they said the crimes, crimes are going down in Lawrence. Yeah, they're fudging the numbers. It's easy to be skeptical because politicians are so corrupt at every level. Even at the local level, politicians are corrupt. And there are corrupt police officers. I'm not going to say that there aren't. I don't, I don't think there are many in Lawrence, but there are corrupt police officers. So, yeah, I understand that it could be possible that they're fudging numbers except that I drive around and Rich can tell you because he follows me and my regular followers can tell you that I drive around the city of Lawrence and I chase police calls. I used to do it every night when it was very busy, right? We had shots fired calls every day. I was out there every single day with my, with my camera and we were at the scene of, of shootings and stabbings and overdoses and fires and accidents. That's what, that's what I would do. I would spend my afternoon in the office working on news stories and then come 4.35 in the afternoon, I'd head out to Lawrence and we'd go cover all the shootings because they were actually kind of even timing them, right? At one point, like you knew if it was 3 o'clock, it was time for a shooting, right? And all of a sudden, um, over the last year, those numbers started to come down and I started noticing that, hey, wait a minute, I've been driving around all night and we've had three calls. So we know that the crime is going down because we're out there. We're watching it. So I understand the, 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 the initial knee-jerk reaction of, no, they're fudging the numbers because it's Lawrence. How can crime can be going down? And when there was a shooting about three or four months ago, there was a murder. Um, people started coming on my page saying, see, see, they're full of crap. Crime isn't down. Well, yeah, nobody said crime is done. Nobody said there's no crime in Lawrence. But we've had, uh, let's take a look. So we've got this up on the screen. I don't know if you can see it, if he's pulled it uh, to you. I guess he has. Um, Murders in Lawrence. Now, of course, we we only have the numbers up to November 19th. um, But I think that's pretty good. I think this is a pretty good indication of of where everything is going. Murders in Lawrence are down 56%. 56% in Lawrence. We had, um, well, they're they're saying last year that there were 11 murders I have 12. Actually, I thought I had 13, but I'm going to round it to 12. Rich, what is the discrepancy in that? Can you, you know, nothing? You get nothing on that? So the police department says it's 11 murders. I actually have 12 murders. Let's just go with their numbers for the moment. It's only a difference of one. Because I'm, I'm including the murder on Reservoir Street uh, up at the cemetery on New Year's Eve. And it was before midnight, so I'm counting that as last year. Maybe they're counting that as this year. Uh, 11 murders in 2017, four murders as of right now in the city of Lawrence, four. That's pretty damn good for the city of Lawrence. Rape, 32 rapes in two, uh, reported. Now, this is reported crime, right? Because I'm sure there might have been a woman who was raped who didn't call it in. But reported rapes, uh, we've got 32 for 2017. Um, I'm getting all blurry for some reason on my... Uh, on my feed, because I'm, I'm watching you. I'm not looking at my own thing. All right, it's better. Uh, rape. 32 rapes reported last year. This year, so far, 24 for a decrease in 8%. So just about the same on, on, on reported rapes. 
Robbery. Here's a big one. 152 reported robberies in the city of Lawrence last year, which, by the way, was down from the year before, which was 202, which was down from the year before, which was 210, and down from 2014 when Willie Lantigua was mayor, 324. And this year, 61. 61 robberies in the city for a 56% reduction in robberies. And that's great for the business community, too, right? Um, aggravated assaults. Now, the only one category on the Lawrence Crime Stats that we've got directly from the police department, directly from Crime Stat, uh, Comstat. I'm going to pull over here because you keep, you, keep um, you, keep, you keep going a little blurry. Uh, aggravated assaults. Overall, down 3%, from 393 to 353. I'm sorry, three up 3%, from 393... Wait a minute. 393 in 2017, we have 358 so far in 2018. So we're down a little bit, but not much. Um, let's see, domestic is the only one that went up. Uh, 152 at 152 to 155 for domestic assaults, and then we've got uh, non-domestic assaults has gone down four percent, 241, 173. I don't know where they, I don't know how they're doing this math, but okay. Residential burglaries 158 last year, 74 for the city of Lawrence uh, so far know, this year. You know what I think it is? Uh, they're the, doing the November numbers? Yeah, the yeah. black is the yearly total, right. and they're apples to apples in the grays. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, commercial burglaries, 44 this year, 72 last year for commercial burglaries. Um, larcenies, 119 this year, 414 last year. So... One of two things is happening here. If you look at this, at this, um, oh, let's let's talk, give auto theft before we move on. Auto theft is the best uh, it's ever been in the city of Lawrence in the history of the city of Lawrence. Is a forty-five percent decrease. We went from four hundred and seven auto thefts last year, two hundred and one this year. And when I spoke with the chief and I spoke with a couple of officers, uh, they said this is the lowest auto theft. Um, these are the lowest auto theft numbers that they've had in the history of the city of Lawrence. And they credit the auto theft task force and some of the specialty forces that they've got out there. Um, the other thing, too, I think, and I, we had Chief Roy Vasque here on the show at one point, um, said that the, because police are more proactive, that it's cutting down on some of these lower crimes, and these lower crimes going down is now affecting the larger crimes. In other words, if they're pulling over every car that doesn't use their directional at in an intersection... They're increasing their chances of pulling somebody over that's got guns or drugs in their car, which means it's not being sold to somebody, which means that violence isn't, isn't happening right. as the result right. of that, like right? the New York City broken windows. Right, theory. yeah, it's exactly right. So the fact that they're pulling over, if you're going five miles over the speed limit down Essex Street, they're grabbing you. If you're going through a stop sign, they're grabbing you. If, if um, I think the example he used was the fights that were happening outside the nightclubs in Lawrence, whereas before they would break up the fight and send everybody home. Now they're locking everybody up, which means fewer people are fighting outside the clubs because they don't want to go to jail, right? And they don't want to get bailed out and go to court the next morning and have to take time out of work or whatever. And they're not responding to calls at home once right. they get home. Right, right, right. So, um, so crime is down significantly in Lawrence. We can, we can debate why that is, but I think that we ought to at least celebrate that it is. And you can pull me back up if you want. Um, I, I, think we could, I think we need to celebrate that it is. We need to celebrate the fact that crime in the city of Lawrence, we, we always hear in the press when crime's going up. We always hear in the press uh, when there's a murder. Whenever there's a murder, Channel 5, Channel 7, Fox 25, they send their, their satellite trucks outside the, outside the police station. Or they go to the scene. There was a shooting on Salem Street three weeks ago on a Sunday night. I showed up. I tweeted it to Fox 25. They were there in 15 minutes. I don't know how they got there so quick, but they did. They came into Lawrence. They did the story. F four, five, and seven did the story. Shooting in Lawrence. Two people hit. They're in the hospital. They're going to be fine. And then, boom, they're back in Boston. And what we don't see is when Hispanic Week happens in Lawrence and there's no crime right. on the common, right? You have 100,000 Latinos from all over the country coming into Lawrence for Hispanic Week celebration. 
and there's no murders and there's no robberies and there's no rapes and there's no assaults on that common or, or around the common, they don't come in to report that. Right, Univision doesn't come in to report that. Four, five, and seven don't come in to report that, but they do come in when they're reporting crime, which gives people at home who don't follow me or don't follow local news gives them the impression that crime is getting worse in Lawrence, no matter what's going on, whether it's going up or down. It's up another crime in Lawrence. Boy, that Lawrence is such a cesspool. I can tell you, I'm driving through the city. I feel safer. Right, I'm not, I don't feel safe. Don't right. don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying I feel safe. I still wear my bulletproof vest. I still carry. Um, you know, I still I'm still very careful when I'm in certain neighborhoods, especially the neighborhoods I've been shot at in, um, like like uh, Brook Street and behind Central Catholic. But crime overall is down, and I think we have to give credit, obviously, to the police department. They're obviously doing something right. I think we also have to give give credit to Donald Trump. Right? No, all my Lawrence friends just drove off the road. <laughs> but the fact is, when Donald Trump took office and attacked the city of Lawrence, or that's the way it's portrayed, that he attacked the city of Lawrence, because Lawrence is the hub of the opioid crisis in New England. We know that. And Dan Rivera did the greatest thing he could have ever done for crime in Lawrence, and that was deny the problem. Now, normally, when you deny the problem, it makes it worse. But when you have a president like Donald Trump and you get up there and say, Donald Trump's full of crap, this is all about racism, Donald Trump turned around and said, okay, fine, we're going to send an alphabet soup of federal law enforcement into the city of Lawrence, and he did, the FBI, the DEA, we've seen them all, we've talked to them all, ATF, Customs Enforcement, even Secret Service. I've seen Secret Service agents in the city of Lawrence making arrests, and I'm shaking my head going, what the hell is that all about? (laughs) He sent an alphabet soup of federal law enforcement officers into the city of Lawrence for the last two years, and they are literally draining the swamp. And that's making it easier for Lawrence police to go out and handle the other crimes. On the Secret Service, it's probably the people threatening Trump because he's threatening their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And it could be a whole host of other things. It could be people that are overstaying their visas. Secret Service works for the Treasury Department, right? So I had somebody pass me a fake $100 bill one day, and I called the police, and they said, no, you got to call Secret Service. I'm like, wait, why? you got to call Secret Service for this? <laughs> so it could, it could have been a, a forfeit, a, a, um, yeah. uh, what am I, what am I, uh, uh, what's the word? for Counterfeit. Counter, it could have been a counterfeit situation where they were counterfeiting money, maybe drug dealers that were using counterfeit money. But whatever the reason was, Rich will tell you, I can tell you, the people that follow me on Facebook can tell you, that violent crime is down in Lawrence significantly. I'd say overall it's got to be down at least 60%. Yes, we give the local Lawrence police credit. We even give Dan Rivera credit because he hired Roy Vasque and is letting him do his job. He's not micromanaging him the way he micromanaged Chief Fitzpatrick, which was my biggest frustration with Chief Fitzpatrick. But you also have to credit Donald Trump. You have to credit the federal law enforcement officers, the ATF, and all these other guys, FBI, DEA, we see them in the city. Uh, I was live one night when, they, when they, they literally committed a siege of Lawrence Street, where the Chinese food places by uh, Lawrence and I'm going to say Alder Street, somewhere around there. Um, what's the name of that place? Do you remember what it's called? <coughs> um, they, they literally, five, five black vehicles pulled up, 10 guys got out with... DEA and FBI bulletproof vests on with, with hats and with M4s and M1s, and they literally seized the, seized, seized the corner because they were looking for a guy that was, that was, um, that was pushing um, guns that they had stolen from Concord, New Hampshire. They were looking for the guy that stole a whole bunch of guns from Concord, New Hampshire. I think they actually got that guy a couple of weeks later. But there's a lot of things happening in Lawrence, and we shouldn't be worried about who gets credit, and we shouldn't be worried about why it is. And a lot of people say this is the calm before the storm. I think this might be the new normal in Lawrence. Hmm. I think if, if, we, if the federal agents continue doing what they're doing, the state police continue with their gang unit in the city of Lawrence, which has done tremendous work. The state police gang unit has done amazing work. And what really sucks about that is that we can't talk about it. Because when I go to a state police gang raid and I'm taking pictures and I'm writing things down, the guys will come over to me and say, can you do me a favor and just not report on this? And I could be like all these other liberal anti-cop reporters and tell them to go F themselves, except I actually care about the city of Lawrence. 
and I want them to be able to get some of the other guys that they're looking for. Sometimes the gang unit will arrest somebody, and they don't want me to report it because the guy that they're arresting is actually talking about other people. He's, he's diming other people out. So they don't want me to put it on the front page of the paper because all the other drug dealers will see him and go, oh, that's how they found out about you know what's going on. So we've tried to hold it off as much as we possibly can. And um, we, we, we do, I do at the Valley Patriot, put out what I can, when I can. Sometimes we make mistakes. Most of the time we just hold it back. But you can't overlook the fact that crime in Lawrence is down easily. Violent crime is down 60 to 65%. Tom, believe it or not, it's that time. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, you were just getting going. <laughs> I was just getting going. We're breezing through a show. We got success in the 603 coming up next. It's a great show. Don't forget Kim. Kim Kidney. If Kim needs a kidney, you can email her at kimkidney1960 at gmail.com. And bounce over to Studio 21 Podcast Cafe dot what dot TV. TV and catch success in the 603 after this program. Talking about businesses in New Hampshire, we love that. We love guys that are always trying to help small businesses. Maybe we'll have them on the show at some point. Have them come on and talk yeah, about some of the businesses. Not? I like the idea. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. Believe it or not. I came into the studio with literally nothing today, but we made it work. Oh, I see Mark's comments. Oh, those are great comments, Mark. Hi, Mark. Mark, those are great comments, Mark. Oh, those are awesome comments. Mark's always like, did you see my comment? Did you see my comment? <laughs> Make him feel good. I guess we're going to go home. Yeah, Melvin Taylor says go home, so go home already. We'll have a, an attorney next week from the Raimondo Law Office. They're suing Columbia Gas. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.